Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0 Livestream Podcast, hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs Shelley Carney and Toby Yunus. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. We love to help you, our content creator friends, with actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and gain trust as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelley and Toby live every Thursday on YouTube or Facebook. Hello and welcome to Messages and Methods. I'm Shelley Carney. Toby is on vacation visiting family this week, but we do have a wonderful guest to uh, speak with today. His name is John Fallis, and he started his career on Madison Avenue, working for top agencies on major brands. He co-founded his own New York City agency in the 1990s. In the early 2000s, he came across many small business owners and entrepreneurs who didn't want or couldn't afford an agency, but they were desperately needing marketing help. Most were confused and overwhelmed by the shifting digital landscape. In 2004, he changed to an online consulting model branded as Fallis Marketing Therapy helping business owners and entrepreneurs around the United States with their marketing, branding, creatives, and video. Welcome, John. Hey, Shelley. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. You bet. So I'd like to know more about your early days before going online, and uh, maybe we can hear about that from you today. Sure. Do you want me to just start talking, or did you have a specific question? Oh, you just just tell us about your origin story. How did you get started in marketing and um, and grow such a large presence in New York City? Well, I got started in advertising, uh, as you uh, mentioned in the introduction. I worked uh, on Madison Avenue for some of the big advertising agencies, some of the top agencies in the country, on accounts like Coke and Pizza Hut and Volkswagen which was a great uh, training ground. I don't think there's any better training ground for learning about advertising and marketing and strategic thinking and, and certainly creative because uh, I came up on the creative side. And you know, one thing you learn when you're doing those big ad campaigns is that you really have to get the viewer's attention. So that was a great place to learn that. And then when I started my own agency with a partner, things shifted in that we weren't working for those big brands. We were a lot working for a lot of smaller companies, smaller mid-sized companies. So they had uh, slightly different issues. And I got to, um, by working directly with the business owners, uh, got to uh, apply my marketing and advertising talents in, in kind of a different way because they didn't have the obviously have the, the money and the budgets that some of these big advertisers had to spend. So they had to be a little bit more thoughtful about how they were spending their, their marketing and advertising dollars. So that was during the nineties, Shelley. And then in the late nineties, I started finding myself at various business events uh, being approached by a lot of business owners who were really um, very confused about what was going on because the landscape, the media landscape was changing and it was shifting from traditional to digital. And 
these people were so confused by it and wanted to uh, pick my brain and half the time dealing with these people because they were so involved, emotionally wrapped up in their business. Many of them were very small business owners, uh, uh, solopreneurs or startups. Uh, they were talking to these people half the time. I felt like a marketing uh, uh, counselor and the other part of the time I felt like I was a therapist talking to these people. So that's what sparked the, uh, the branding of my online consulting as Follis Marketing Therapy in 2004. And back then, 2004 was pretty early on for doing online consulting. Uh, obviously, Zoom did not exist back then, but Skype did. So I was uh, interfacing one-on-one -on -one with these business owners around the country via Skype. What types of uh, problems were they coming to you with that uh, you could then lean on your experience to help them solve? Oh, I mean, it, it runs the gamut, Shelley. I mean, as, as anyone who runs a business knows, uh, there are um, all, all kinds of challenges. You know, I, a lot of the questions uh, seem to... Uh, revolve around the digital media landscape that kept changing at the time. This was 2004. So this was pre-social media by a, a few years, right? Uh, but shortly after I got into doing it, uh, social media then became a thing. And people were saying, well, what about, you know, posting on Facebook? And should I, uh, what about my videos? And should I have a YouTube channel? And what's a blog and should I be blogging? And, um, you know, I, I, I have a brochure. Should I still be doing my brochure? And what about email marketing? And, and should I have a tagline? And what do you think about my logo? So, you know, it just went on and on and on. Well, you were experiencing a lot of these changes at the same time that they were. So how did you keep up with what was new and burgeoning on the scene uh, and in you know, stay ahead of those people who are asking you those questions. Absolutely. And, you know, as you just said, you know, I started I, in my 35 year career, I, I spent about 29 of those years as, as an entrepreneur. So I could really identify with uh, the uh, anxieties that they were experiencing as a business owner, especially regarding marketing, because I had to uh, figure them out myself. Um, and I did because I, I was always intrigued by the changing landscape. I made it my business. I made it a priority to figure this stuff out. As I just mentioned to you when I asked you how long you've been podcasting, I started hearing about podcasting back in 2005. And uh, I was just fascinated by it. I was listening to a lot of the podcasts on how to podcast and thought that, boy, that would be a really cool thing to be able to do. So uh, just two or three months after listening to those podcasts on how to podcast, I had one. I started the marketing show with John Follis in early 2006. So again, it, it, a lot of it just comes out of my curious behavior. But I think if you want to stay relevant and if you want to continue uh, 
offering a service, a marketing service or a creative service to a smaller business owners, you really have to be ahead of the curve, right? So uh, I was highly motivated to, to learn that stuff. And the same thing, you know, with a blog, I was learning about blogging back in 2007 and 2008, I had a blog. And when I started hearing about explainer videos in 2012, I created a, a, a separate business model called Big Idea Video, where I was creating a lot of video content. It wasn't exclusively explainer videos, but uh, I was getting into animation and learning how to do those kinds of videos because that's that's what people were wanting back then. I see. So I, I think you know what explainer videos are, correct? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, yeah. You you want to explain it to people if you if you like. It's basically it's uh, it can be animated. It can be text on the screen. It uh, it can have a voiceover or not, and it's basically about one particular. Uh, concept that you're explaining. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, the idea is nothing new. Um, you see right now you're coming to one of the channels that says big idea explainer videos. Mm -hmm. um, the majority of those type videos used simple animation and some of them used whiteboard uh, uh, animated executions. If you look at the the first video there, uh, you see my uh, hand drawing, and that uh, uses some animation that gives the effect of drawing on a whiteboard. And the reason why they became so popular is because they did a really good job of explaining things that required a bit of explanation especially for businesses that were uh, in, the, in the B2B space, business to business, that really needed a bit of explaining. Obviously, if you're selling um, Coke or, or McDonald's hamburgers or you know, corn chips, you don't really need an explainer video for that. But many people were involved in uh, service businesses or selling products that did require a bit of explaining. And that's why they, those videos became very, very popular back in 2012, 2013. Okay. So I'm hearing is um, that you start with something like the podcast, uh, like which kind of led you into other things, uh, blogging and the videos. Then it seems like you've kind of let those things go is what's, what's taking their place now. Uh, well, that's not true. I mean, I, I, I've started doing videos in the late nineties and, uh, I still, still do them. Okay. I, I just know a lot more than I did when I started. And, uh, a lot of those explainer videos are created with certain types of video software. Mm -hmm. They're all done essentially from sitting in this chair at the desktop. So, you know, I'm, I am not a, uh, a, a video person that uses a video camera uh, and lights and camera and audio and knows how to, you know, do the sound stuff. Uh, I'm the, the kind of person that creates it from a desktop. So it's a different style or different kind of cr creative, um, but I still do that. And um, the podcasting I did for seven years, which is about six years longer than most people podcast once they get started. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think the average, uh, the average uh, period of time for uh, someone who starts a podcast, I think I read somewhere is about six months. 
Mm-hmm. So, so, so I, I beat that by, by a few years. And after seven years, I just felt, uh, you know, it becomes very time consuming, especially if you're a perfectionist about it and you spend the time to edit it and make sure it's a, it's a, a well-produced piece as, as you know, it takes time. So seven years I thought was a long enough period for me to kind of experience that and decide to move on. And I think that's when I got more involved, you know, you only have so many hours in a day. And I, I decided to uh, switch my focus more on doing video creation mm-hmm. at that point. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so let's fast forward to where we are today. If you're speaking to a client who's coming to you, an entrepreneur, small business owner, uh, smaller sized business, and they need help with their marketing, what's the first thing that you would encourage them to get started with? Well, there's not one size does not fit all. So um, I know everyone is looking for that magic bullet, right? That mm-hmm. that easy pill to swallow. They're looking for a pearl of wisdom that I'm going to give that's going to, you know, solve all their problems. And uh, listen, there are many, uh, quote, experts out there that, you know, will will try to do that. And, you know, if you want to work with those folks, that's great. I take a different approach. Um, I... Um, I take the time to really listen to uh, the business owner, what their uh, challenges are, because no two business owners are exactly the same. Everyone has got different issues. They all have, many of them have similar issues, but every business uh, is somewhat unique. So before I start um, talking to them and telling them what they should do, I spend a fair amount of time listening to them. And really being sure that I fully understand what their, what their business is about and what their challenges are. And what, I've, what I found, Shelley, is that um, half the time that I talk to these people, what they think their business, their, their, their challenges or what they need to do is really not what they should do. And uh, that has happened on a number of occasions where someone will start talking to me about doing one thing and they'll start going along that path. And then I'll just start asking them a few questions. And after I start asking questions, um, I start making suggestions about maybe another direction. And the problem with most business owners and entrepreneurs is they don't, when it comes to marketing, at least, they don't know what they don't know. I'm sure you you know what I mean when I say that, right? Sure. Uh, I mean, you need a multiple choice to work from. Right. Yeah. So uh, many of them try to figure things out themselves. And Mm -hmm. again, if that's what they want to do, that's fine. But I think the ones that really become successful in growing their business get to the point where they realize that uh, they need to bring in experts. Just the way, you know, it's, it's interesting if someone's running a business and they need legal help, they're not going to do the legal stuff themselves. They're going to go out and find a good attorney, right? Mm -hmm. They need to do accounting and bookkeeping work. Chances are they're not going to do that that themselves. They're going to fire, find someone who's good. They need to build a website. They're going to hire someone who's a good website builder. But for some reason, many of these people, when it comes to marketing, they try to do it themselves. And, Um, For most of these people, I would say um, it's probably not 
the best use of your time. The, the challenge with that, Shelley, is that um, there's so many people out there who brand themselves as marketing experts that many of these small business owners, because they don't know what they don't know, they really don't know who would be the best fit for them to, to work with. So it, it becomes kind of a, a, a very challenging decision for them to do that. And because everyone likes to get their hands involved with marketing, especially if it's your business, right? That, that oftentimes is, is the kind of the fun side of running a business. You get to do all these creative things. But um, even Steve Jobs back in two, uh, 1976, when he was, you know, he is often credited as the marketing genius behind Apple, right? That's how he's perceived. But the fact of the matter is that back in 1976, when he had just started Apple, he was smart enough to realize that if he wanted to grow that business, he had to go out there and find a marketing expert. And not too many people know the name Regis McKenna, but Regis McKenna is the guy, if you look him up, he is the guy that uh, Steve Jobs went out and found. He was a marketing expert. He had his own advertising agency. And for about five years, he worked with Steve Jobs and held, helped him uh, on the foundational marketing work that uh, helped Apple become the, the business that it is today. So again, Steve Jobs was smart enough to realize, as smart as he was, that he wasn't smart enough to uh, know all he needed to know about marketing his business. Right. So if they come to you and they ask you, so what's working best right now? What should I, what should I focus on that's going to get me the most bang for my buck when it comes to marketing? What would you, what would you say? Again, I, if I say one thing, it, it may be true for, you know, some of your listeners, it may not be true for all of your listeners. I know you're looking for, uh, you know, um, pearls of pearls of wisdom. I think it starts with, um, make sure that um, your business product or service is as good as it can be because uh, before you start telling the world about what you do, um, just make sure that it's as good as it can be. If, if your website, you know, if you have a website and I talk to many business owners, maybe you've heard the same thing. They say, Oh yeah, I have a website. I know it could be better, but you know, whatever. Well, that's not, that's not a good attitude. You want your, you want to really be proud of your website. So if your website needs a little brushing up, you know, before you start focusing on what's going to be the biggest bang for my buck, should I do videos? Should I be doing blogging? Should I be, get, be, be doing podcasts? Just take a, a hard look at, at your, your uh, product or service, what you have now, and make sure that it's it's really up to speed. That's the first thing I would say, right? Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Sure. Yeah. Um, and so once once you do that, then again, it really depends on who your audience is. Not everyone has the same audience because um, if your audience is an older demographic, chances are you you don't need to worry about being on TikTok. Exactly. Does that make sense? Oh, <laughs> you're preaching to the choir on that one. <laughs> okay. If you're talking to people in their 20s, 
uh, and maybe even 30s, then, you know, TikTok may be a channel you have to think about. You know? mm -hmm. So this is the point I'm trying to make, um, that it, it really depends on what your business or service is um, before you can really decide uh, how you're going to, you know, spend your, your time and your energy and your money deciding on, on getting the word out. Mm -hmm. Well, at what point would you recommend somebody to work with you um, on your videos, for instance, the big idea videos? I'm sorry. So at what point would I? Yeah. If they come to you with um, in need of marketing and um, getting the word out about them, their business and their service, at what point would you say, oh, well, video would be right for you? Well, video is right for everyone. So, you know, that's that's one thing I can say. Okay. I don't care what your business is, and I I would think you would agree with me. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, it, there was a point in time where very few people uh, realized that uh, there were many people, you know, realized they needed a website and they put up a website, uh, but they didn't realize that on their website they need to have some great video content. And even now, I have to tell you, um, I come across many people who have a website. And they don't have any video on their website. And often the ones that do have a video on the website, it's not great video. It's really mm -hmm. not exciting. It's not compelling. You know, maybe they had their 16-year-old um, kid shoot a video and pop it up there. So there's, there's uh, certainly much room for improvement when it comes to anyone who has a business when it comes to video. So, you know, that, that's what I would say in general. Uh, to get more specific than that, you know, what kind of video you need, uh, it may not be an explainer video. It may be, you know, something else. Um, it again, it really depends on uh, what what their product or service is, what the message is, and who they're talking to. But in general, I would say everyone who's listening to this can probably uh, benefit from having some some better video. Okay. So we talked about uh, improving your website, basically cleaning house before you invite people to the house, make sure everything looks good. And, and uh, it speaks to your target cost customer and gives them uh, a good idea of where they are and what it's all about. Right. Um, then what's, what are, what are some next steps after that? Well, because I think video is so important, that shouldn't just be on your website. It should be prominently on your website because uh, studies have shown for quite some time that uh, people don't like to read. And given the choice of clicking on a video uh, or, or reading a bunch of texts, I think you know which one they're going to do. Um, the mistake that many people have when they uh, think about video is that um, it's not exciting. It's not compelling. Um, you know, one thing I learned by working for the top agencies um, in New York and, and doing TV commercials is that, uh, you know, I'm trained uh, to think in 30 seconds, you know, with TV commercials. Mm -hmm. And that is just as relevant, if, if not more relevant now uh, than it ever has been, because you, uh, you have to really captivate them. Uh, very quickly with, with your video and really in the first few seconds of that video. So that's the kind of video that needs to be prominent. And it's better to have multiple videos 
uh, talking about different aspects of something than to have one five minute video where you're, you're putting everything, including the kitchen sink, trying to explain what you do. Uh, it's better to have a smaller bite-sized digestible video so people can, you know, that are well titled with, you know, certain keywords so people know what they're about and can make the determination themselves on, you know, what they want to listen to. But uh, I would say, you know, that's one thing I could, I could suggest as a general rule of thumb when it comes to video, have it be prominent on your website and have it be short and compelling. Do you have any examples of, uh, say, a customer or client who improved their business greatly by using video? There are a number of them. If you go to Big Idea Video, the Big mm -hmm. Idea Video channel I have, as you just did initially, you can see a whole, I think I, I have a, at least 100 videos on there. Okay. Uh, so you can if you want to see some examples of some of the work I've done for, for clients, uh, just, you know, take a look at that. All right. And that's on YouTube at. Yeah. Big idea video channel, big idea video. That's right. Yeah. I think there's, there, there might be a couple of other big idea videos. It's a pretty common name, unfortunately. So um, I, I think the URL actually says I'm looking at it right now and it does say up on top, Big mm -hmm. Idea Video Channel. So right. make sure you have the word channel after Big Idea Video so you don't get some someone else's Big Idea Video. Okay. Great. And um, so can you give us, for our audience, we uh, would like to hear things that can help us to really move the needle um, right now. Uh, we're looking at, you know, inflation and recession, and maybe people are a little bit worried about maybe spending money or time on marketing. Um, but I know there's got to be, a, you know, a few different ways that work, even during recession, to move the needle forward on our business to help us to grow, get the word out about uh, our, our business and to bring in more leads. So what can you advise uh, our audience to do that will move the needle today? Well, what, it, it all comes down to content marketing, and you know what that means. Um, I don't know if your audience knows what that means, do they? If not, I'll explain it. Go ahead and explain it. Okay, so content marketing is a term that has been around now for about 20 years, and it's a very simple concept. It's just creating a lot of information, digital information, whether it be a podcast or a blog post or a Facebook post or um, a, a video um, that can be um, posted somewhere, whether it be uh, on your LinkedIn profile or your Facebook page um, or um, any number of places on, online that will help uh, people um, will direct people to your business when they search. The more content you have about your business, product or service, the easier you will be able to be found when people search. Um, I came up with a term for this back in 2005 that I called G-cred, which is just a simple way of uh, phrasing Google credibility. And it's something that everyone needs, who has a business needs to have. You don't want to have people try to find you on Google 
and and have nothing come up, right? So once you start creating this content, uh, it's very important for you or someone you work with to know how to post it various places online so it adds to your Google credibility when people try to, try to find you uh, on Google because that, in general, is the way the people who don't know about you are going to be looking for you. So the more content you have, uh, the, the more you're going to be able to be found. So that's something you or your, 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 your kid, if you don't know how to post stuff, that I think now most people know how to do that. But the point is, you know, post it as, as much as you can. Create it, create, keep creating as much content. And everyone uh, should have the ability to write about the business or talk about the business or know how to create content, you know. That's that these days it's so easy. There's so many ways you can create content. It's just whether or not you want professional help with that or not. That's right. Okay. Well, did you have any last uh, bit of advice that you'd like to offer before we wrap things up today? I, I think uh, to continue uh, listening to podcasts. I mean, I, I think there's so much information online that could get, the wheels in your head turning and, and help clarify uh, some of the, the things you're dealing with and answer some of the questions. And hopefully listening to a, uh, an interview like this, will 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 do that. But uh, you know, that's what I think every um, person who is uh, trying to run a business can, can do for free easily uh, go onto YouTube or uh, go into Apple podcasts and start listening and, and learning from some of the people uh, who um, are expert in the things that you want to learn about. And uh, that's a free and easy way that anyone could, uh, could, could learn stuff. Just, you know, stay curious and stay, uh, stay interested if you're serious about your business, not everyone is that serious. So for a lot of people, it's just a hobby. But if you are really serious, I think you really have to um, invest some time in uh, learning what you can and then making the decision on uh, who you need to hire to help you to do that. That's right. Okay. Uh, so we can reach out to John at fallisinc.com. I'm going to put that into the comments and that'll be in the description box below. And that will take you to his website where you have some choices you can make, whether you want help with marketing or with video. And uh, is there anything else our audience needs to know about how to get in touch with you, John? Well, I've got pretty good G cred. So if they uh, don't know how to spell Follis Inc. F-O-L-L-I-S. I-N-C, that's it. That's right. Um, they can, you know, it, it, it certainly helps if they can spell my last name because uh, they would need to pop that into Google or um, YouTube. I think I'm, I'm not the, I, well, I know I'm not the only John Follis, so it might help if you put the word marketing or videos uh, in addition to my name. But uh, in Google and YouTube, certainly uh, that will be another way they can, they can find uh, out more about me. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, John, for being with us today and sharing all your knowledge on marketing in uh, over the last, like, a really long time. You know, <laughs> you, were, you were here from day one on the internet, and you're still going strong. So we appreciate you and all your advice for our listeners. 
And um, that's all we have for today. We hope that uh, all of you will tune in again next week for Messages and Methods. And uh, Toby will be back. And I look forward to seeing you then. Thank you, Shelley. Thank you. Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0, hosted by Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question, and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices, too. Check the show notes for links and resources, and please come back again next week.